Warning, may contain disturbing content. Viewer discretion advised. People who work in graveyards slash morgues slash embalming bodies. What's the scariest slash weirdest thing you've seen? Don't forget to like, subscribe and comment your own stories. A nearly 50% calcified heart. The man was in his mid-30s and unexpectedly passed. I'm only an assistant, but our chief has been in the field for 34 years and has never seen such an extensive calcification on someone so young, let alone someone that could live long enough for it to get that bad. He was more impressed by the patient's lifespan than the actual heart. My roommate worked in a graveyard in high school. Said he saw an old man hunched over in a chair at 6 a.m. from across the graveyard. Didn't think anything of it and let the man mourn in peace. Around lunchtime, he was still sitting there. He went up to him and saw that he was hunched over because he had shot himself from under the chin up. He said his blood was all over the grave of his wife, who recently had died, very sad Romeo and Juliet ending. Oh, funerals and tombstones are the family business, and my dad has a lot of stories. Here are two particularly gross ones. Dad and crew were called out to a cemetery to clean a mausoleum, which usually meant scrubbing off graffiti or fixing something which broke. Instead, the groundskeeper brought them over to a tomb where a recently interred body had, popped. Black goop running down the walls and the worst stench of his life. He noped out and called a hazmat crew. Another time they were dropping a vault, cement box they the casket goes inside, into a gravesite before a funeral and noticed what looked like large pieces of grilled meat at the bottom of the hole. On asking the cemetery directory what was up, the hole is supposed to be empty, he was told to ignore it. He did not ignore it and instead brought it up with some others, eventually notifying the authorities. It turned out they had a crematorium on site and were only partially burning the bodies as a means of saving money. The leftovers were being dropped in the graves of others being buried. Few people went to jail for that, apparently. I worked in the jail, and the county morgue was attached to it. I'd sometimes go help them move corpses around. One night we were transferring a body into a hearse to be taken to the funeral home. All of our gurneys are from the 1950 to 1960s. They didn't really make them handle a morbidly obese person back then. The gurney broke and dumped a very, very fat corpse on top of the new guy I was trying to show how to do the job. Knocked him over and pinned him underneath, and it took three of us to roll the corpse off of him. He was in hysterics and quit, and we all got yelled at for it even though it was solely due to the fact that we have outdated and worn out equipment. But yeah, the bodies being brought in are bigger and bigger as years go on, and the equipment for handling corpses usually was only designed for bodies half that size at max. We tried to be as respectful as possible while handling the dead, but there's just not a dignified way to move a 500-pound dead person. I worked as a gravedigger for a family-owned cemetery-slash-mortuary for a few years, 20 years ago. The craziest thing that ever happened. I got a call from my boss at 11 p.m. one night. No alarms yet, we were on call on the weekends, so a late-night call from the boss wasn't that weird. This is where normal ended. He asked me to come down to the cemetery ASAP and open a grave that we scheduled to be opened first thing the next morning, but he needed it, at midnight. He then tells me what's been happening. Apparently, we disinterred two caskets from a cemetery in the Los Angeles area. This was in the early 2000s, 
and the bodies were originally buried in 1979. I don't care what anyone says, stainless steel, waterproof caskets are a bad idea. The caskets were intact enough to be removed, but when they were being put into the transportation van, they bumped together, and the corners of the caskets broke. Releasing the contents. The fluid contents. All over the inside of the van. The driver was not happy. But, got on I-5 to Sacramento anyway for the six-hour drive. The driver said he gagged the entire trip. He said the smell was so bad he drove with his head out the window to avoid the smell. He called the boss and told the boss that the graves need to be open and ready the second he arrived so that we could get these caskets in the ground and covered as soon as possible, which we did. The next day, before the mortuary opened, we had locals calling and complaining about the smell. The fire department came by, the police eventually called to inquire about the complaints and the smell. It was coming, not from the grave, but from the van used to transport the caskets. We stripped out the carpet and burned it, the plastic came next, and we bathed that in bleach, then drenched the inside of that van with every cleaning chemical that we had. Nothing helped. So, the boss called the insurance company. The adjuster showed up, and the boss met him outside at his car, across the parking lot from the van. The adjuster immediately asked about the horrible smell. The boss told him that it was coming from the van, and that why he was here. The adjuster looked at him for about three seconds and said, it's totaled, I'll call a tow truck, then got back into his car and drove away. I know the morgue at the hospital I work at has had a couple of bodies there for nearly three years. Usually, they're foreign nationals, and we either can't trace the next of kin, or there's some other shit going on in their country of origin that means we can't release the body. They're in a special deep freeze. I had no idea that went on until I bumped into the guy that works there. I worked in a funeral home in college. The weirdest thing I saw was a body that reacted to the embalming fluid. Apparently, the guy was jaundiced, so the fluid caused a reaction to his skin. He turned green. But in layers, like rock striations. His feet were kelly green, and the top of his head was a yellowish slash lime green. The other was a thing that freaked me out was a photo album the embalmer kept in his office. It had pics of strange or unique deaths. One that still haunts me 30 years later was a pic of a guy that rode his motorcycle through someone's yard and ran into a metal clothesline. It sliced his head off like a razor at the neck. The pic was of his torso, next to his helmet, which still had his head in it. I worked in a hospital morgue for three years, not as clinical stuff but just receiving and releasing the bodies. Besides checking toe tags a few times for mortuaries picking up, I generally didn't have to see or touch the bodies, as they were all in body bags before they came down. That being said, I have a few short stories to share. 1. For cultural reasons, a family wanted to self-transport their deceased relatives' bodies themselves. They are allowed to do this with certain steps taken. The problem was they didn't have anything to transport the body in, so they just got a big box and put the body in the back of their car heading for a two-day drive across Utah-slash-Nevada desert in the summer. I can only imagine how that trip went. 2. Old military vet died, and his large family insisted on walking the body in the ugly body bag down to the morgue with like the whole tap song playing, and outside the ancient and ugly morgue they did the fold flagging ceremony, then they all stuck around while we shuffled the body into a crypt, which is not an easy or graceful process. 
it was so bizarre and uncomfortable trying to do that with them standing there watching and crying. Like, that's what the funeral is for, you don't need to see this part, people. 3. A new nurse didn't know the protocol for the premature death of a fetus, so she carried the tiny thing down in a cloth napkin for me. Thanks. A few general oddities, there is always a season of death in a hospital when the new residents are getting settled in, and the number of deaths jumps noticeably, then calms down until the next year rolls around and another new batch comes in. Also, there are way more miscarriages and baby deaths than you might think. It's very common. It's also common for either one or both twins to die during or shortly after birth. So my dad worked in material management at a Chicago university in the early 70s. He was one of the guys who took bodies down to the morgue when they died. He shared with me two interesting stories that always stuck out. Please keep in mind that my dad was a stoner and pretty resourceful. One of the first guys he had to take to the morgue was extremely overweight. An anomaly for the 1970s. Dad said he was pushing this guy to the morgue and took a turn too hard in the basement just feet from the destination. This huge dead guy goes rolling onto the floor. Dad tried to drag him into the morgue, but he couldn't move him whatsoever. He called a maintenance guy down, and they used a forklift. This was all in the early morning hours, so not too many people around. They got this guy into the morgue, but they made one fatal mistake. They left the guy face down. Dad said he was called into work to explain why this man who passed away last night had a flat face. Dad said the place was sued for that. We are just all bags of meat. The second story has to do with a baby. So beware of that. I don't know many details about the baby. I just know it was a baby, and dad had to take it down. The policy at the time was to treat the baby like any other dead body and to put it on a gurney and take it down to the morgue covered in a sheet. Well, dad thought it would be pretty obvious that there was a dead baby on the gurney, even with a sheet covering it up. So he borrowed a stroller and put the baby in that and covered it up. When he was in the elevator with the baby, some lady wanted to see the baby. She loved babies, I guess, and kept badgering dad about it. He kept telling her that it was asleep and to keep her voice down. She insisted to the point where dad finally said, fine, yeah, go ahead. Freaked that lady the fuck out. I believe he was fired for that. I worked in a cemetery for years and became good friends with the operator of the on-site crematory. He opened the retort for me a couple of times while folks were being processed, usually towards the end when there was not much recognizable left, though the skull doesn't completely break down, usually. It was genuinely amazing to witness. Probably the weirdest thing I encountered was the fucking neighbors who bitched and moaned about the noise of the interments. Seriously, guys? You buy a house next to a centuries-old cemetery and are shocked when there are funerals? The funeral directors had some wild stories, though. People who die at the top of narrow spiral stairs, a funeral director spraining his wrist, lifting a casket into the hearse, and tipping the corpse into the street, all kinds of stuff. Weirdest was probably the dude who came in wearing three pairs of pants after committing suicide. We weren't allowed to cut off clothing in case the family wanted it. Guess who got to remove three freaking pairs of pants? Me. Also, the other guy who committed suicide was wearing a sweatshirt. Then went into rigor with his arms at his sides. 
I had to literally hang my body weight on this guy's arm to get it to loosen up enough to raise it above his head to take off the sweatshirt. Stomach contents are always interesting. Mushrooms take a while to digest. I had a guy die behind the wheel and crash into a Lincoln dealership. I had to figure out if he was inebriated, he had a heart attack and died, dealership was pretty pissed. Luckily most of my cases were suicide or natural death. I'm kind of glad I missed the triple homicide since it involved a few kids. My father was a funeral director for about 25 years most of what he did was pick up bodies from the city morgue or their place of death. He said that bodies would expel all kinds of gases after death and moan and groan. They would also randomly sit up and do weird things like that. He couldn't watch a horror movie the entire time he worked there because he would get really freaked out. His funeral home was also a teaching facility for embalmers, and they would regularly eat lunch in their gross scrubs and then go back to embalming. Fun times. When I was younger and was an altar boy, I lived serving funerals because you got paid in the cool funeral director stories. So we were doing the funeral of my friend's seven years old brother who died during heart surgery. It was tough, so the director was telling us funny stories on the way to the cemetery. One of his stories was. It was winter, and if there is snow on the ground, typically the cemetery won't allow a gravesite service, you instead use their chapel, and they take the casket down afterward. He says they had a family that was adamant they carry the casket, go to the grave, etc. It's bitter cold, icy, and snow. The grave is about 50 yards down a hill from the road you arrive on. The staff pleaded for their safety not to go forward. The pallbearers get the casket and start toward the grave, they get about six steps, the lead guy falls on his ass. The casket hits the ground, and he says this thing takes off down that icy, snowy hill like a luge. The family is screaming, his worry is the casket gets damaged, and they'll have to back to the funeral home, etc. He said it felt like slow motion the casket is flying toward the gravesite, and the metal lowering device sure to smash the casket. Instead, it hit a bump, and the front of the casket lifts up, and it hits the front of the lowering device and slides to a stop with a bit of bang right in the lowering device cradle. They all ran down, inspected, and everything appeared fine. He had sledded 50 yards down a hill and landed perfectly on top of his grave. The family slowly started to laugh and, by the end, thought it was fitting of their family member. I worked as an assistant funeral director in the UK 10 years ago. I loved my job, it was a real honor to be able to provide a service to so many families. One thing that always bothered me? The amount of unclaimed cremated remains, ashes, we were left with over the years. We had a large attic space above the garages that housed the limos. Within that space were hundreds of unclaimed plastic urns with the remains of various people of all ages, several children or young adults. There were ashes going back since the 1950s. These had basically been passed down to each owner of the funeral home. When I became pregnant, and it became too much of a risk to have me carting bodies around, it was my job to try and get these poor souls back to their families. That was a mammoth task, with many ashes staying with us due to nobody wanting to take responsibility for them. Sad really. We had to arrange the funerals of many children and babies, they were always the ones that got us the most. They were, along with anyone else that passed through our doors, treated with love, respect, and dignity for the entire time they were with us. One really sad story I remember, although some details are unclear, 
was of a lovely lady in her thirties. She was a religious woman, although I am unsure of her faith. Unfortunately, she and her husband had suffered from losing four babies at various times, none of which ever took a breath. Because they didn't take that breath, they weren't permitted by their religious leaders to give their babies religious burials. They were essentially told that because their children didn't breathe, they didn't count. They had to have each baby cremated, something their religion frowned upon, and mum would secretly come to our funeral home four times a year on each of their birthdays and spend an hour or so in the reflection room with their cremated remains in tiny little boxes. It was the saddest and most upsetting thing to witness. We made sure she was loved and supported each time she walked through our doors. There are so many stories, but I genuinely feel like I'd be doing those people a misjustice by writing about them. But either way, that was the most interesting, emotionally charged, and rewarding job I've ever had. I miss it. Dad used to dig graves as a side hustle in our small town cemetery. Some notable stories he's told. Extremely obese, extremely impoverished woman dies. Standard practice at the time was that the state would pay for the coffin and burial if the family couldn't pay, if dad knew them, he would usually volunteer if they couldn't pay. The state coffins were cheap wood, and this lady couldn't fit. She had to be buried in a body bag. They tried to lower her down as gently as possible, but the body fell, and the bag ripped, and an arm fell out. The family is pressing around the grave, trying to watch as dad is trying to cover the grave before they can see what's happened. His pet peeve was families wanting to see the grave covered. According to him, it was pretty common for cheap caskets to give, and nobody needs to see that. Also, they would usually get in the way, and it's hard enough to maneuver a backhoe around a cemetery without extra people around. The cemetery had a new part and an old part. The old part dates back to the late 19th century, during a time period when many people could not afford tombstones or any kind of permanent marker. Some people still have family plots in this area. So, those graves typically needed to be dug by hand, and occasionally remains from an unlabeled grave would have to be moved or adjusted. You're asking yourself, why don't they just refuse to bury people in that part of the cemetery? Well, people are not rational when it comes to death and dying, and if they want to be buried next to Great Aunt Gertrude, that's what they're getting, even if they have to share space. I have never worked on it once, but my sister once had a job to rake some leaves from one of our town's graveyards. She worked on that specific graveyard alone for like a week straight alone. She started her shift early in the morning, 6 a.m. or so, so it was still pretty dark. Pretty much nothing out of the ordinary had happened in the days before. So when she entered the graveyard in the morning, the first thing she saw was a completely white bunny lying dead on top of a grave. The strange thing about that bunny was that there weren't any obvious marks of anything that would have caused the bunny's death. It just seemed to have died for no reason. And it had to be someone's pet because there are pretty much no bunnies of that kind of species in my area. 